Hello, everyone. This is Matthew Robinson for LA Theater Bites. Today, I have an interview with set designer Eli Smith. We're going to be talking about various different things in the art form, including their win for Best Set at the LA Theater Bites Awards 2022 for the effect at the Marilyn Monroe Theater. Eli, thank you so much for being here on the show with me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Now, obviously, I've given a little bit of an intro. But for those just listening who may not be familiar with you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, well, I've definitely gotten to theater in kind of a roundabout way. Uh, I'm from New York and I, I started in the sciences, believe it or not. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in physics, so I think I get a lot of looks about that. Like, what is the connection there? But um, I think there is a lot of connection between physics and, and math and, and design and art. I mean, I think they're both fields where you're observing the world and trying to describe it. Ooh. So yeah, for, for me, it was like the math and science was um, not as fulfilling because it's like a narrative that doesn't involve emotion and mm -hmm. relationships. And I think for me, that's just the area that I'm interested in and in being in. So that's kind of how I wound up in this field. Like, when did that happen? When are you make that shift? I mean, you're you're talking about, like, I, I, I appreciate that sort of approach to it. But we're like, were you in the middle of classes and then walked by, like, a theater production? We're like, ooh, that was it. We're like, did you already get your degree when you were just like, you know what, actually? I, I got my degree. I had my degree. and I was taking some post-graduate uh, classes um, at City College. And, uh, you know, I was just, my mind was kind of wandering in class. I found myself drawing more than I was sort of taking notes. <laughs> and um, I had a friend who I've known forever, who has a brother who's also a friend who's neurodivergent and um, needed some one to tutor in science. And I felt like I was re-examining my life at the time. And that seemed like a good thing to do while I was trying to figure things out. And um, him and I really found that a lot of the things he didn't really need help as a tutor. He needed um sort of someone or some kind of bridge to talk about and learn about relationships. And so we mutually decided that instead um, we'd do an acting class. And that was, you know, something that um, was really life-changing for me, maybe more like, I think more life-changing for me than to him really, because uh, he was not very verbal at that time. And when he would get on stage though, he was, had absolutely no problem who could inhabit all of these different characters um, and really kind of achieve the goals that he had in like a so social situation that wasn't scripted. So um, it really was a magical moment for me. And uh, my relationship with him was that bridge into, into theater. And I became involved in it through that. So. So what was the first production that you did a set on? Do you remember that? Do you remember any experience? I do. Um, it was actually a puppet show. Wow. At, yeah, it was at the community college. I had a degree and so I couldn't get any financial aid for undergraduate classes, but I also, um, you know, didn't have a skill set where I could go to graduate school. So I used to just volunteer at the community college and just help work on their productions and they were so nice and they let me come and I would work all day, you know, in construction and fabrication and then go at night and work at the shop. And they let me uh, engineer and build all of these puppets for this 
the show that they were doing and I just loved it. It was so much fun. Oh yeah. I mean, I love puppet shows. I'm a big fan of like, obviously things like the Muppets and puppetry in general. I remember still distinctly as a young uh, boy going with my dad to the park and we went, saw this marionette uh, performance of a couple of different like fairy tales. And it was so captivating. This was in Washington DC. And I think one of the things about puppetry, particularly on stage, is that it requires so much imagination. It requires so much imagination from the actors on stage, but also from the audience. It's a very collective experience. I saw a video recently. Someone had found this old VHS video of Anne Hathaway. She was doing theater in New Jersey, and she's just doing this puppet show, and she is going like 110%. <laughs> and, and the audience is, you know, they're all joining in because she's so committed. And, you know, I wonder, like, does that feel like a part of it? Like the imagination aspect of it, the the emotional intelligence that it takes to say this puppet is real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I can really relate to puppeteers um, because I think they're functioning in a way that's not quite as acting in the same way, but it's just as generous. And so they're really animating something, um, but it requires so much presence and so much engagement. And I, I feel moving into more set design as I've gone on in my career, um, that's sort of how I see my role is, you know, narrative environment, narrative art, narrative objects. And um, it seems like a strong connection with puppetry in that sense, because you're really um, bringing something to life rather than offering a two-dimensional or three-dimensional stagnant imagery. Mm, I love that answer. So you're in New York. How do you end up in LA? When was that shift? taking place in your career? Well, I was just slaving away, trying to learn and, and move forward uh, with very little funding and access. And I was very lucky, very privileged to have some people help me along the way. And I, um, I went with no BFA to uh, graduate school. And I was actually at Long Beach um, State. And then I transferred to CalArts. Uh, after that. So that's what brought me there. It was, um, they have this thing called ERTA where you can meet people, graduate schools. And I just showed up with my portfolio and no, no arts degree. And, <laughs> and some, somebody took me. <laughs> so <laughs> that was, that was how I wound up on the West Coast. That's um, awesome. And do you like it? I mean, because I know yeah, someone from the East Coast originally, it's very different, but do you feel that works with your style and your sensibilities? Yes, you know, I think um, I'm also an installation artist and um, I got another, I got a degree in art and technology at CalArts. So I was very, very lucky to be able to do that and um, very humbled by that entire experience. Uh, but I think LA offers something so much more free than New York. And I love New York, but there is a kind of institutional pressure uh, of greatness and of tradition that I feel can be a little bit um, heavy at times. And I feel that LA, even the geography, it's so much more open. It feels like a place where you can experiment and you can kind of do things that don't necessarily need to be Broadway. They don't need to be part of a legacy. And I've found that in the fine art community as well, you know, so for me, it's it's a good thing. 
and also having more space. I mean, <laughs> if I want to build something in New York, oh my God, I've got to, I got to outfit a closet, I think, to put a shop in. So, you know, it's a little, a little easier here. I totally get that. Now, you were talking about, you know, this is kind of a segue, you're talking about the experimentation of your work and the play that I saw first got introduced to your amazing work was The Effect, the Marilyn Monroe Theater. That was a whole play about people on an experimental drug trial. And I feel like you were doing some really interesting stuff I have not really seen done with uh, theater here in LA with the sets. Could you walk us through that process? Like, how did you come up with making this really unique set? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, thank you so much for, <laughs> for the compliment. Um, yeah, I think it's a lot of my process and, and people have their own ways of, you know, so this is no in no way definitive. But for me, the way that I relate to um, stories is to kind of go through and see what what the change is, like, what is the arc here of the story? What is the mythology that we're following? What's the fable? What where are we going? Um, because something always changes. And I think that's really uh the plate what i'm looking for and in the effect um you know it does it touches on a lot of topics like mental illness obviously uh this question of medication but i it's really a play about relationships and i think it's also a play about fear and change mm. and you have some characters that are willing to make that leap uh towards intimacy which is risk and you have some that are not. And so um, working with the director, Kimberly, uh, we really explored a few metaphors, a few different things. And one of the things that really, that she was really responding to was this idea of like light coming through cracks um, and all of the different imagery and all the different associations that are associated with that from, you know, um, sort of neurons firing, you know, the sort of, what are they called? The the dendrites, I think. I don't. I don't know. Uh, whatever. You know the the diagram with the the. Spin yeah. Things? Yeah. I know. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> don't worry. No one's. You, I'm not quizzing you on it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, from like nerve endings, but also this sort of idea of light coming in, mm -hmm. and that was like really resonant for her and some of her personal experiences um, with this topic and. Uh, for me, like, it's always a conversation. So that's where we landed mutually. And that's how we were using light uh, to integrate into a set that that could be responsive, rather than something that would, would sit there. And so during certain moments, whether they were moments of connection or, or moments of disconnect, uh, we would have light illuminating pre-existing cracks in the set, either to connect characters, to divide characters, to show characters where they would walk. Um, and it was also something that we were we were able to do in like a small space in a resourceful way that made the most of of what we had. No, I liked what you said there, that the conversation and the response of everyone, because this is a set, you know, when you're watching a play, typically speaking the set like this is it this is where you're going to have to relate to everything throughout the entire process and i loved how you talked about working with the director to make sure that that matched the characters because it felt very alive and that's why both me and patrick felt that this was the best set of the year there was a lot of really great strong candidates you know i don't say that with any uh 
disrespect to them, but I what I could feel with your story is that every location was also part of the conversation. And there was a lot going on with the set because you had the lighting, you had the sound by Trevor Reese, but you also had the video projection that was coming in. And so you had to integrate a lot of different things. And was that a challenge to get that all together? Yes, I think um, there were a lot of things going on in the script. And then I also think there's personal preference and directing style. And for some people, more is more. And for some people, less is more. Um, and I think it's important to kind of see the value of both and also to look at the big the big picture. Um, you know, my medium is, is a practical medium because it's physical. Mm. And so there are a lot of components and there's always a danger to... Um, with more is more with uh, distracting from the action on the stage. So we, we really needed something that had all of these elements, but those elements could disappear and that they didn't have to dominate. Um, it really required a lot of close collaboration as well with the other designers. I think that's really important. I, uh, I love the opportunity to build a physical environment that is exciting for the rest of the design team that is not rigid, but that not only the director, but the other designers can make decisions within the malleable world to express, you know, their area. And so my goal is not to create an environment that, um, you know, where every single action is determined or that it is set because I've got steps here, I've got a thing here, but more so where the director has opportunities to, with the blocking, really influence the environment. And that's how we were able to do it because um, I think if everything was happening at the same time and we we had all of these things, uh, it would have been a bit much, you know, um, but that's how we approached it. And the Maryland's a very small space, so <laughs> it's, a lot, it's a lot to put in there. Yeah, yeah. But it never felt, at least from my perspective, it never felt cramped. It never felt like I was. I could always see what was clearly happening on on stage. I knew when they were upstage, downstage, where they were in relation to what was happening in the story. You talk, told me before we actually started this interview that you worked a little bit in construction. Does that melding of kind of blue collar and then creative thought come into play here? Because it's a lot of foreman work as well on top of what you're having to just design. Yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, I think, um, you know, I think class is a really important thing. Uh, and I think as, uh, you know, I think most people would, would feel the same way, most artists, but our identity and where we come from definitely influences our aesthetic. And I think it should, you know, I think we, we need to speak um, from the place that we're coming from. And I think we need to accept shows from that place too. And um, it's not just process, you know, but yeah, I, I think I have a very intimate relationship with materials because I've worked with them physically, not just from a drafting table. And so in a technical way, it does help me to kind of have an idea of a scope of what we can do um, because I have that experience with pricing and, you know, uh, with, with I walked into the, I guess it's because most set designers do, but I, I walked into the field with that pre-existing relationship and, and that did really help me. Um, but I think from a creative perspective, it's almost a little bit more important because my work does have a really strong influence um, 
emphasis on uh, with materiality mm. and you can see that i think in the effect because it's a lot of texture there's not actually a lot of elements you know we have this floor that we had to build um that had a kind of texture to it yes. we had these cracks which really essentially are a texture but it's just a flat floor it doesn't have you know we didn't have a lot of furniture um, we had walls for monitors, but it really wasn't a lot of, of building. It was more about the kind of overall feel and manipulating the environment in, in that way. That's wonderful. But I, you know, I'd say a good set finds the what is the absolute minimum we can put here to give the idea and still give plenty of space for the actors to play it. You know, you're working with so many moving parts, literally moving parts and people yeah. that I find that like fascinating. Now, uh, one thing I did want to ask, are there any particular influences you talked about, you know, the materialistic aspect of your own work, but are there any other set designers or production designers, art directors that you look to that you are like, oh, this person really understands that I feel like they help feed into my work? Oh God, what a question. Um... I don't know. I think for me, you know, there's just so many amazing artists out there that have had a, a strong impact on my work that I hesitate to to sort of pick one. But if I'm being completely honest, I, I think that what's influenced me more has been the relationships and the conversations that I've had with other people that I've worked with directly. Um, you know, I always seem to go back to that, to, to these sort of conversations and, and not just about set design, but really about life. You know, we're, we're artists that work with life. And I, I think it's with theater, that's what distinguishes it subtly from film in that we are, it's live, right? So there's an immediacy and there's a need for connection um, that has to be there every moment. Where with with film, when you have an aperture, it's more, it's a little bit different. It's about the window, and you have that opportunity to edit, and there's a set kind of distance. Theater, we we don't have that. So, you know, for me, I I think it's the connections that I've had in my life that that I that I pull from the most. I don't know if that's egotistical because you oh. were like, who's influenced you? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, I think that's a great answer. Like you're, you know, essentially everyone, the people that you talk to and care about or that have some sort of impression on you and I think more artists than they realize actually are influenced by that uh that I think maybe some of the big you know the greats or the classes that they think about I think your day-to-day -day relationships influence a great deal artistic output um a few more questions I want to ask you this one is just a fun question I like to ask people when getting these kind of uh areas is there like a particular genre or like location that you've always wanted to do, but you haven't gotten a chance to do? Like, if there's something like, oh, if I could just get a chance to take a stab at this, this would be fantastic. I would love to do horror. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've done some, some shows that like sort of flirt with the idea, but um, I would love to do a, a horror show. And I, I think it's a genre that has a lot of humor and isn't always taken seriously. But, you know, for me, um, I think a lot of my work is so intimacy focused. It's so relationship focused. I think that's kind of comes from a dedication to a feminist um, process. And, and I think that horror really talks about kind of the monster inside you know it's it's like really rooted in the psychological 
Um, whereas sci-fi has a lot more, I think, of a broader approach a lot of the time. Horror seems like it's like what's lurking in your backyard, what's lurking in, in your marriage, what's lurking in the back of your mind. And I think there's a lot of opportunity there to have a lot of fun and have a lot of um, complex imagery and still explore some really, really strong topics through a lens um, that that does that with your inner world rather than from a from a wider um, more macro perspective. So yeah, I would love to do some horror. Maybe it'll come up. I don't know. <laughs> Let uh, me know if you yeah. are looking. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, this is a shout out to those listening, you know, like <laughs> for some horror projects. I love horror. I love working on horror. I, I just directed a horror short film early this year and for last year. Oh my goodness. 2023 already. But, um, the thing that I think is so interesting, I, I don't know if we got a chance to see 222, a ghost story at the Almonds. Oh no, I was, did not. Oh man, it was it was terrific. I was very lucky to get to see it. Uh, great cast, but also really well done set and sound, of course. And I think one of the things about horror, I'm so surprised there isn't more horror in theater because you can't leave. Unlike when you're watching at home or in a movie, you can't just like kind of close your eyes or get up and go to the bathroom. Like you are stuck there. And people were like screaming, cheering, <laughs> people were like, oh, like I've never heard such a rowdy crowd in like a theater of like, you know, that kind of prestige where people were just straight up like talking a little bit in between scenes, just like, oh, that scared me. Or like, why don't they just leave? You know, they were so nervous that all that theater decorum just kind of evaporated. <laughs> Wow. Because they couldn't leave, they couldn't, and you know, the great performances also by a uh, uh, Constance Wood and like Anna Camp and several other actors. But it was, I I hope that you get to do some horror theater as well because I think it's a very untapped uh, genre of the stage. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm hoping that, that the door will open for me soon. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're almost out of time here. But I wanted to make sure you got a chance to tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find out more about you, any other projects you have coming up that you'd like to kind of promote or talk about. Just wanted to give you a chance to kind of uh, lay that out here. Oh, thank you. Um, well, you know, I guess I my website, you know, contact me through email. Um, I just moved up to the Bay Area, but, you know, I travel all the time for shows. So but I am mostly based on the West Coast. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've got some. Um, headed to Prague for the exhibit out there for the quadrennial. So my work will be there if you're, if you're going to be in Prague. Um, I don't know. I guess that's, that's really it. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's, that's really it. You, you say that so humbly. That's awesome. I've always wanted to go to Prague. That sounds like an amazing experience. Uh, but so you have artwork that's here and it's, it's an annual festival that happens with people's design. Well, um, it's a quadrennial. They do it every four years and they have different areas where you can submit work um, either by via documentation or through actual remounting of performance. Um, and it's an international festival, uh, but it's specifically for design. So it's really exciting and fun. You kind of take over the whole city and you have a pass and you can just walk in and out of all of these things. And um, I had a great time the last time I went and... Uh, was lucky to have a, a couple pieces in there. Um, and then this past, you know, this one, I've got one one piece, uh, which was a, um, it was a scripted space called Today is Your Birthday. And it was really about this sort of 
white immigration and toxic individuality, um, like American individuality and uh, this sort of fetishization of survival and what it really kind of means to um, to become white and to become a kind of competitive, individually minded, you know, family and person and um, encapsulating all of these things and all of these human desires for intimacy within that cage of capitalism during COVID. So it's like a five, uh, five room um, installation and uh, it was scripted as a story. So without acting, we kind of cast the, the viewer as the actor by making choices to influence the speed at which they would go and having places they could explore and get the story that way. So yeah, that will be, that was the piece that I, that was, that will be going, going there. That is terrific. And please, I just, what is the website uh, address that people can find you at? Oh, it's just um, Eli, just my name, Eli Smith, and it's .xyz instead of com. Well, thank you so much, Eli, for coming here on the show and really appreciate you taking time to talk about your career and all the amazing work that you've been doing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, same here. The pleasure was all mine. And everyone, thank you again for listening to LA Theater Bites. Thank you for your continued support of the arts here in Los Angeles. We have a bunch of new reviews and interviews coming later this month and in the new year of 2023. Looking forward to it. We really appreciate uh, your continued listenership. Until next time, I'm Matthew Robinson. Thanks for listening.